0: Hello. This is Yustra from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 27th of December. According to the Union Health Ministry, India recorded 6531 new COVID-19 cases on Monday, taking the total tally of infections to 3.49 crore since the beginning of the pandemic in January last year. The official death toll rose to 4.80 lakh with 315 new deaths in the last 24 hours. India reported the highest single daily rise in Omicron cases today. With 156 new cases, the total tally of the new variant has risen to 578. Delhi has the largest number of Omicron infections, followed by Maharashtra, Kerala, Gujarat, and Rajasthan. In the northeast, no cases of the new strain have been reported yet. Given the rising numbers of the Omicron strain, many states have reinstated curfews and other restrictions. On Sunday, the number of active cases in Delhi surpassed 1,000. A night curfew will be in force in the national capital starting at 11pm tonight on Monday. According to a report in the PTI, the Delhi Disaster Management Authority has said that government officials, judges, medical staff, pregnant women and patients, those on their way to buy vital commodities, media persons and those travelling to or returning from railway stations, bus stops and airports will be exempt from the curfew. According to R.S. Sharma, chairman of the government panel in charge of the COVID platform, Children aged 15 to 18 can register for COVID vaccination via the COVID portal from January 1 onwards, ANI reported. Sharma also said that of the healthcare workers and those over 60 years old with comorbidities who are eligible for a booster shot, the first recipients will be those who got their second dose nine months ago. Since some students may not have Aadhaar cards, Sharma informed ANI that the government has given an alternative provision for students to register using their ID cards. Both Bharat Biotech's co-vaccine and Zydis Cadillac's needle-free vaccine, Zykov-D, has received emergency use authorization from the Drugs Controller General of India for children, Scroll reported. Rajesh Bhushan, the union health secretary, will brief the election commission today on Monday regarding the COVID-19 situation across the country. Due to the Omicron variant, the Allahabad High Court last week had asked the election commission to postpone the upcoming assembly elections, the Indian Express reported. According to Reuters, amid a new wave of cases, Australia recorded its first death from the Omicron variant of the coronavirus on Monday. The person in question was in his 80s, was fully immunised, but had underlying health issues. Meanwhile, in the United States, more than 1,000 flights were cancelled on Sunday as employees tested positive for coronavirus, the New York Times reported. Despite early research indicating that Omicron is milder than other varieties, scientists are concerned about the large number of infections being reported worldwide. According to Anthony Fossey, the U.S. Chief Medical Advisor, coronavirus cases will continue to climb globally as a result of the Omicron variant, ABC News reported. It is not the time to become complacent, he added. The Chhattisgarh police today booked a seer named Kalicharan Maharaj after he insulted Mahatma Gandhi and lauded Nathuram Godse at a Hindutva event in Raipur over the weekend. According to PTI, the case was filed after footage of Kalicharan's comments was posted on social media. Accusing Gandhi of destroying the country, Kalicharan said in the video, and I quote, I pay my respect to Nathuram Godse. He assassinated him. See, if you don't remove a wart with surgery, it could lead to cancer. Unquote. Kalicharan has been charged with inciting hatred amongst communities. NDTV reported that the complaint against him has been filed by Pramod Dubey, the former mayor of Raipur. Ram Sundar Das, the leader of the Dudadari Mat in Chhattisgarh, had been in attendance at the event. Das criticised Kali Charan in a speech and openly disassociated himself from the event. According to the Indian Express, more than 20 religious leaders had attended the two-day dharam sansat gathering held in Raipur over the weekend. Many of them allegedly urged Hindus to take up arms in preparation for the creation of a Hindu Rashtra. This issue comes just two days after hate speeches were made against Muslims at two events in Haridwar and Delhi last week. Tejasvi Surya, a controversial BJP MP from Bengaluru, published a message on Twitter today, unconditionally reversing his recent remarks that those who have converted to Islam and Christianity should be brought back into Hinduism's fold and that mutts and temples should be set annual targets for this. Surya's statement came after the BJP government in Karnataka introduced an anti-conversion bill, which was passed by the Assembly despite opposition's protests. Surya, the Bengaluru South MP, tweeted on Monday and I quote, at a program held in Udupi Sri Krishna Math two days ago, I spoke on the subject of Hindu revival in Bharat. Certain statements from my speech have regrettably created an avoidable controversy. I therefore unconditionally withdraw the statements. Unquote. The Indian Express reported that according to sources, Surya was urged to make the comment in view of the upcoming Goa elections, where Christians make up a significant portion of the population. In the statement that he retracted, he had said, and I quote, There are persons who belong to Hinduism, but were converted to Islam and Christianity. It is our responsibility to reintegrate these persons into Hinduism. In addition, Hindus in Pakistan who converted to Islam should be welcomed back. It is important to bring these people back to the fold of Hinduism. That is the only way a renaissance can happen. In Goa's last assembly election, the BJP came in second to the Congress but still managed to form the government. This time, aside from the Congress, the BJP is up against a resurgent ARP and the newcomer Trinamool Congress. With Tejasvi Surya back in the news cycle, it's worth sharing with you that Nidhi Suresh at News Laundry did a detailed profile on him earlier in June this year, titled How Tejasvi Surya Fashioned Himself as a Saviour of Hinduism. The profile is behind the paywall, so you will have to subscribe to be able to access it. Find out how Tejasvi went from a golden boy in school and college to a BJP young man. Subscribe to News Laundry. According to the Indian Express, at least six alleged Maoists were killed in a gunfight with security troops along the Chhattisgarh-Telangana border on Monday morning. The gunfight took place in the Pesala Padu forest area, which is on the boundary between Chhattisgarh's Sukma district and Telangana's Bhadradi-Kotagudam district. The joint operation was carried out by the Greyhounds, a special forces unit of the Telangana police, the Chhattisgarh district reserve guards and the Central Reserve Police Force. Unidentified police personnel told the Indian Express that casualties included four women. The police also have not confirmed the identities of those killed. Sunil Dutt, the superintendent of police in Telangana's Bhadradi-Kotagudam district, told the News Minute that the police had gotten a tip that alleged Maoists were attempting to attack security forces and that as a result, combing operations in the area had been stepped up. According to the PTI, Sukma superintendent of police Sunil Sharma described the operation as a success. He claimed that security forces were able to significantly damage the Maoist Kistaram area committee, which had allegedly carried out multiple deadly attacks. According to him, the Kistaram area committee has been seriously depleted and the security forces' next aim is to neutralise the two surviving committees in Katakalyan and Jagargunda. Speaking of Chhattisgarh, our reporter Pratik Goyal last week brought us a compelling story of Chhattisgarh's displaced adivasis in Telangana foregrounding the apathy of the state government when it comes to rehabilitation of displaced people. Read his ground report titled, Strangers in a Strange Land, Chhattisgarh's Displaced Adivasis in Telangana Have Nowhere to Go. And if you like what we do, then consider supporting our work. Subscribe to newslaundry.com. Go to our website and hit that subscribe button on the top right-hand corner. Support independent journalism and pay to keep news free. The Aamadni Party has won 14 seats in the Chandigarh Municipal Elections, while the Bharatiya Janata Party has won 12 seats, ANI reported today. The ARP is contesting in these polls in the Union Territory for the first time. The other two prime competitors, Congress and Shiromani Akali Dal, secured 8 seats and 1 seat respectively. The municipal polls for 35 wards in the Union Territory were held on Friday. Raghav Chadda, an AAP spokesperson, stated that the people of Chandigarh have given their seal of approval to Delhi Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal's model of governance. He said, and I quote, For the past 25 years, either the BJP or the Congress used to win the municipal polls. People became disappointed with both parties and defeated them. Unquote. Alluding to the upcoming Punjab Assembly elections, he added that Chandigarh civic polls were just a glimpse of what was about to happen. The ARP candidate, Damanpreet Singh, defeated the sitting BJP mayor, Ravi Kanth Sharma, reported PTI, while another ARP contender, Jasbir Singh, defeated former mayor and BJP candidate, Davesh Modgil, from ward number 21. Previously, the majority in the Chandigarh Municipal Corporation was held by the BJP. It had won 20 seats in the last elections while the Congress got only one. According to News18, before the 2021 civic elections, the Congress and ARP had accused the Bharatiya Janata Party for failing to develop the city. They also brought up the city's low ranking on the Swatch Sarvaikshan, the center's cleanliness index. The United Nations on Sunday condemned the reported killing of at least 35 civilians in Myanmar's Kaya state, calling on government officials to investigate the alleged army attack. According to the New York Times, the executions occurred near Mosso village on Friday, where the Karani ethnic group had been demanding autonomy from the Myanmar government. According to Reuters, quoting state media, the Myanmar military killed six terrorists with arms from opposition forces fighting the government on Friday. The seven vehicles in which the people were killed failed to stop for inspection. The military is yet to issue a statement regarding the situation. Martin Griffiths, the UN Undersecretary General for Humanitarian Affairs, expressed his horror at the attacks in Myanmar's Kaya state. He said, and I quote, I strongly condemn this heinous act as well as any attacks against civilians across the country, which are forbidden by international humanitarian law. I demand that the authorities launch an early, thorough and transparent inquiry into the occurrence so that the offenders can be brought to justice as soon as possible. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe from the din of disinformation and come back for your daily dose tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent.